It's another month in comedy, and that means it's time for the roundup. Tonight, we host a full panel of comics and content creators who paved their own way. From the club stage to the online world, the festival circuit to network TV, and our producer Vince checks in from Montreal at the 40th anniversary of JFL. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Check it. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto and, of course, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, planet Earth-wide on the Global News Radio Network. It is the end of another month in comedy, and that means it is, of course, time for another roundup. We've got a full panel on the show tonight. Lots to get into, lots going on in the world. It is, of course, also festival season. Half of the comedy industry is in Montreal right now for the big return of Just for Laughs, also marking the 40th anniversary this year. And of course, our own producer, Vince Tedesco, is on site in the center of the action right now at the Hyatt Hotel in downtown Montreal, where the streets are quite literally taken over by this fest. Everybody's there. He's got his ridiculous... (laughs) <laughs> microphone stick. I was like, going to make it seem like I was on the streets getting drenched. Pandemonium here! Yeah. Crazy! I like, so for our listeners at home and those of you who don't see our little promos on the Instagram, uh, Vince Tedesco, our producer, is there in Montreal. We kind of sent him there on behalf of the show and he's walking. <laughs> he's going to be walking around all week like a maniac with this homemade red-green looking budget-ass microphone with the Inside Jokes logo on it just kind of harassing comedians in the street, basically. That's Canadian radio for you. No budget whatsoever involved with this show. Even after almost, we're going into our seventh season now, Vince, we still have to tape our own microphones together to go to Montreal. That's where we're at now. Yeah, this was made on Arts and Crafts Day at the Tedesco household. So I'm happy to be here in Montreal, Dean. By the time this airs, though, on Sunday, I will be hopefully home in Toronto. But uh, uh, yeah, great. Awesome. Construction as always. It is good though because (laughs) everybody is in Montreal right now and of course we're not just talking Montreal on this panel. It is the roundup so that means we always gather some of our favorite comics to really just pull apart what is happening in the world right now. It's sort of a snapshot of what's going on in comedy, what's going on socially in the world at the end of every month because who better to pick their brains on what's happening in the world around us than comedians. We have some notorious crowd riffers on the show. We've got some online comics who have built their own digital mass platforms and built their own audiences there. Uh, we got some old returning friends of the show. So we got a good cross section here, Vince, to really sort of pull apart what's going on in the world and what they've been working on. And some of them are at JFL right now too. Uh, and of course, Vince is going to be there all week gathering some, <laughs> hopefully getting some- Am I on? Hello, I'm on. on. <laughs> I'm here for Canadian Gary news. Gary Gnu, back to you. Vince Tedesco, in quite literally in the streets with his duct tape microphone. Um, we're going to jump right into world. it. I'm in my hometown room. You're in the Hyatt, which is, of course, the center of the action in Montreal. But we're going to get into it. we got a full panel on the Roundup. Lots to get into tonight, right here on Inside Jokes. to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and of course, streaming 
Coast to Coast on Global News Radio, brought to you as always by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. It is the end of another month in comedy, and that means it is time for the roundup. We've got a full panel of comics on the show tonight. Lots to get into. It's festival season. There's a lot of crazy going on in the world. Lots to pick these comics brains on. We got some old friends of the show and some new faces joining us. Full panel tonight. We got our old buddy Dave Merhej on the line with us from Montreal for JFL. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Thank you for having me, bro. It's it's good. We get you know you you've been on with us a lot the last couple of years. You sort of become our new Peter Anthony, which uh, it's a ray of sunshine. Actually, it's <laughs> I put my time in. There you go. Another old friend of the show, the angry Sicilian. How you doing, buddy? Good guys. Good guys. So I I'm driving while I'm doing this interview. So I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm that's, excited. That's let's see if Canadian. let's see if I don't wreck this thing while I'm driving. That's Canadian radio for you right there. <laughs> driving and doing the interview at the same time. First time on the show. I'm glad we finally got him. Evan Carter's with us. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. And thanks very much for having me. And I'm glad that I, I ran into Vince uh, a couple of months ago. And and uh, he was giving out the cards and I took one. There we go. <laughs> that's how easy it is to get on this show. That's, that's it. You just got to take a card <laughs> and uh, you're on the show. We're old school, Evan. It's the, we hand out business cards to book guests. Yeah. Apparently, hey, you tell jokes. Those. Come on my show. <laughs> we don't have it took us two and a half years of COVID to even figure out Zoom. That's how that's how we roll. It's we're old school. And last but not least, here in Toronto, a comic that's been producing some shows lately. We got Jordan Policicio on the line. How you doing, buddy? Oh, you butchered that, but I'll take I did. You. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I said Policicio the first time. You got to tell me again. Policicio. Policicchio, I'm reversing it. Yeah. That's what Jordan Policicchio. You know what? I'll get it by the end of the first segment for sure. Right you here on. Say it. You're gonna yell it. That always worked for my mother. Right here on Seicento Quaranta. That's that part I got. That's the only Italian Pretty that Which of a manja cake? We got lots to get into on the panel this week, you guys. There's lots going on in the world. It is, of course, festival season. I know half the comedy business is in Montreal right now for the full return of the fest and it's also the 40th anniversary uh but it's not just jfl because usually our july on this show is completely jfl or yet but there's there's a lot of shows going on all across the country everything is back live comedy is back independent producers are back at it clubs everywhere are selling out we're back in in the full swing of things so there's lots to pull apart on the panel tonight and just a lot of crazy nonsense going on in the world dave i'll throw it to you first though i mean you've yes you're in montreal right now uh, but you've had a busy few years. I mean, even with, you know, what's going on. I mean, you're on streaming, you're back at JFL. Now you've got a new special coming out that is kind of, it's a love letter to your hometown and to your roots. You're sort of giving Windsor the drizzy treat. Are you the Windsor Drake? That's what I want to ask you. Is that the goal here? Are you Windsor's Drake? I mean, did, you, did you write that yourself or did they say <laughs> that? That's what they said me, but I, that's what I want to ask you. What is this all about? What's this special all about? I mean, it's uh, no, I'm not the Drizzy. <laughs> I don't know what you call him that anymore, man. Um, uh, no, it was just, I kind of wanted to, it was just the material I had. But it was mainly about my mom and my dad. And then I was I had this idea of actually having them be interviewed during the special, like where it would cut to them. So yeah. I would tell the joke and they would get to respond to whatever it was. And then I added my sister and my two brothers. So it's like, material and interviews like grainy home video type interviews from them like i'm not interviewing them they're just they're just being asked questions by like off camera by someone off camera and it's like starts off you know 
about Windsor and then it kind of goes into therapy, my mom and my dad. So it is kind of like a, I guess a love letter to the city and to, to my family really like to have something that we all could have something, whether one person or whoever watches it, it's like we made this thing together. It is, and it also, I mean, this feels like the most personal thing you've done so far in your comedy. Cause I mean, you do have material that is about your background and about your family life. We've also seen you do like a straight 40 minutes that could easily be a special where you're just riffing off the crowd. You're notoriously one of those comics who is, who really feeds off the crowd. You're one of those sort of crowd work masters where we kind of don't know what we're going to get from you because you could be doing your polished material. You could be dropping some of your album stuff, or you might just read the energy of the room that might that night and completely riff off that. And that might be your whole set. So it's kind of interesting to see you do this thing that really is so personal where you're actually pulling your family into it and really getting, getting into your background. Yeah, this is like, it's all like material, like kind of crafted. So it isn't like that kind of looseness that usually happens. And, you know, and I want you to know that my family did not get paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> now they know what it's been like for you for the last couple of decades. Yeah, I wanted to teach them a lesson about the industry. <laughs> <laughs> and so while it's like Kay Trevor Wilson said, he's like, I'm an overnight success that took like 25 years. So there no, you I know. <laughs> I, I was with them in the city. Yeah. It is kind of true, but I mean, yeah, we've always watched you come up and yeah, it has been, I mean, even with the industry kind of being having it, it's ups and downs the last couple of years, it's been a busy couple of years for you. I mean, you really have been steadily working. We've seen you on club stages. We've seen you drop in new material. We've seen you on streaming platforms. We've seen you on network TV. So it's the, it's the, it's all about the hustle It pay, it does pay off, but I'm sure it's only a fraction of what we don't see behind the scenes that goes into all this. Yeah, it's like, a, I feel blessed for it, man, because I know it's, it's, it was a tough for a lot of people. But whatever kind of work I was able to get, I was surely blessed for it. Here's one thing I want to throw to the whole, really the whole panel right now, because all of you come from sort of different backgrounds in comedy. You know, some of you came up through the old school club scene and where you'd have to go showcase for bookers and promoters and all that. Some of you are old school road dogs. Some of you came up at now the age of like Jordan, you're independently producing shows here in Toronto. You're part of this era of people who book out rooms and just build your own audience that way and become your own producer. Uh, Joe, of course, the angry Sicilian, your whole thing was you built a platform online. You were one of those comics that went to that first, built your own audience and then started bringing it live to the stage. It feels like now coming out of the last two years with everything fully wide open again and everything back in full swing, the landscape of comedy is so different now. The tools we use are so different. The way we reach audiences are so different now. There's also a lot of stuff to get to get into for comics that's happening in the world. I know a lot of comics are talking about the fact that we're sort of reliving the 80s. Russia's the bad guy again. There's a pandemic. There's a global gas crisis. A lot of comics are talking about how we're reliving the 80s and how the history sort of repeats itself. How ripe of a time does it feel like for comics right now to really get into all this stuff that's happening around us? I guess maybe, Evan, I'll throw that one to you first. Does this feel like a time where there's just so much to jump back on stage and write about as it happens? Oh, okay. I, I thought you were just going to me because I was the only one on the panel alive in the 80s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It, it, it is, and what that's it. It's the... It's, it's the reemergence of comedy because um, during the eighties clubs were opening uh, video was starting to happen. Things are going and people were just realizing 
how much fun it was to actually go to a show as far as uh, much better than seeing it uh, like on, on TV, video and trying to get through that. So with all that going on, yeah, it's a huge resurgence as far as uh, getting back into the clubs. Yeah, so it's, it's really nice to go through that uh, again for me the third or fourth time along with bell bottoms. So um, this is something that's uh, uh, really good to see and all the great uh, talent that's coming along with it. And if this really is the eighties that we're reliving again, I hope we, that we get to do the nineties again, right after that, that'd be much better. Uh, but there is a lot to get into. I do want to talk about sort of, it does feel like we're going into another sort of, revival of live stand-up and another sort of golden age of it but we're going to come back with the panel it's a full roundup lots to get into right here on inside jokes this is dave Merhaj. you can catch my special on crave called i love you happy baby july 29th and you are listening to inside jokes two trailer park girls go round the outside round the outside round the outside we've got a bogey i'm on the way Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto and of course streaming coast to coast, Canada wide on Global News Online. We got a full roundup on the panel tonight. We are talking everything happening in comedy, everything happening in the world. Lots going on with live comedy back in full swing. Uh, it's interesting, Evan, we were talking before the break about how a lot of comics keep talking about how we're sort of, it feels like history is repeating itself with all the crazy things happening in the world. And that's kind of the job of comedy is to sort of, whether you're a political comic or not, it's you get to sort of filter through this stuff that's going on in real time as it happens and, you know, put it through your own voice on stage and have have your take on it. It also feels like now because everything is so online, everything is all about a global audience. Everybody's been at home streaming stuff the last couple of years and checking out podcasts. There's a, I feel like there's a whole new audience exposed to comedy now that, that really wasn't there before. And I think that that's going to show up on stage. I think we're going to see a lot of people start to pack clubs and theaters and tours again that maybe had never, it had never occurred to them to go out and watch live live stand-up before i feel like we're gonna see a whole new wave of that i mean joe and jordan we could throw that to you guys because jordan you're producing shows here in toronto you're an independent producer and promoter aside from being a stand-up yourself joe of course the angry sicilian that was always your your base was reaching out to people online and building an audience that way do you guys yeah, think I, that we'll have this sort of boon of new audience coming out now after watching all this stuff yeah I, you know what i feel like i feel like the, the ambassador for like online comedians you know what i mean like like I, I'm always like, I feel like I'm defending it all the time, but it, it's, it's seeing a whole new crowd of people that would have never hit a comedy club. Like uh, the elder, the elderly ethnic folks, like uh, 30, 40, 50 year olds, 60 year olds coming out to a show and, and would have never hit a comedy club before coming out is like nice to see. They're coming out with their sons, their granddaughters, their, their rest of their family. And they're coming out because we've hit them right in their homes and they didn't know that we existed right so you know being an online we use their quotes nobody can see me an online comedian has uh has brought up brought me in front of so many different people and noticed when i maybe i wouldn't have never gotten noticed in a club before right it is true and i mean jordan you're kind of coming up in an interesting time too where it's a bit of a reset 
We also, Toronto was always sort of oversaturated with open mics and just workout rooms and all that stuff. A lot of that stuff is gone now. So you're kind of coming along at a time where there's a handful of new clubs that have opened. There's new producers putting on shows and the faces we're seeing on stage are different. And yet it's sort of a chance to reset for a new audience and give people, it's a chance to give people like a proper stand-up experience. I think people also understood that when we were locked in for so long with COVID that, you know, it's great to be inside. Everything is like a button click away, but there's so much of the city. There's so much people they want to be a part of like what's going on in nightlife, see the new talent. That's a part of these shows like Kim's convenience, Shit's Creek, like meet them, you know, kind of before they have that launching period. Like I know Dave's on Rami and actually getting to see those acts build out. Um, I think people started to realize like, you know, there's amazing talent in the city. We want to see it. We want to support it. Dave, you look at how different the Toronto scene is now from when, you know, you were cutting your teeth here when you and all your friends were coming up, all of you that we're now watching on the festivals and on specials and all that stuff. So it's a completely different landscape now. Yeah, you gotta, I just remember back then you had to go, we would wait for the comedy or the Now magazine to put out a listing. So we yeah. would pull over the car, we'd get out of the subway and we would have to open it up and kind of pick the rooms we were supposed to hit. Wait, I mean, it's better now. I mean, I would have rather had the accessibility that I had now than I did back then because it was just like you, yeah. And then you'd be in these like really, these like the Rivley meant so much to a lot of us because it was like this thing. If you got into the Rivley, you were like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it in the city. So I remember, I think I weaseled my way. I was like, yo, I'm out of town. No, did I do that? And someone's like, yeah, you just were out of town, but I was living there. <laughs> It was true, though. I mean, getting getting on the Riv on the Monday nights, that was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something you're right. In. You're, you in. Know? you're in. You're it in. was that, or if, or if Joe invited you to do spirits, it was like, okay, that's yeah. I'm doing something right. And it even had this sort of ripple effect, because on Monday nights, the comics who got booked regularly to do the Rivoli, they'd come to your mic and warm up their set first. And for, for those brand new comics at that open mic, it was like, whoa, I'm on stage with all these people that I saw on like video on trial or whatever, you know? <laughs> and then the comedy bar opened up and, and that was like just a, a new resurgence, man. I remember when Gary opened it up, we were there, like I, I was there when it like, they remodeled it and then they added the second room. And it was just like, I don't know, it was just history, man. Like it was like such a place where, you know, now there was like all these other shows we could do. So, and, and I think it sort of gave people that freedom too to do the kind of comedy they couldn't really do anywhere else and be a bit more experimental because Comedy Bar's whole thing was if you build it, they will come. You'd book out the room yourself and make whatever kind of show you wanted to make. And basically it was sort of, okay, if it sells, then great, keep doing it. And that was it. There was no constraints to it. It was, it sort of blew open the scene in a way. Shout out to Gary and his silent partner. Yeah. <laughs> And look at where they're at now. I mean, now Comedy Bar is such an institution in Toronto. I mean, there's a second location and it really was, it's become the heart of the scene. I mean, it's for comics, that's sort of our cheers. That's where you just go and hang out and jump on each other's stages. And it really has become the heartbeat of the scene. Evan, I mean, do you think, because obviously coming up in the club era where it was like, yes, there were of course always open mics to go and work out stuff on, but you had to go you know, showcase for the bookers, get onto the clubs, get work your way up onto that circuit. It's all so much easier to do without there being sort of gatekeepers involved. Well, the thing is, when uh, when I started, there were really no open mics. What you what you had to do if you wanted to get stage time was you'd go and you'd introduce uh, strippers. You know, you'd be at the Vickery yeah. Burlesque, you'd be uh, at, at places like that. Uh, you would be at the Legion's. 
you know, going on, you know, before the, uh, the woman who's, who's got the big hat on and a thousand buttons on her dress, you know, she's, she's going out singing war songs, but first we're going to bring out a 19 year old to um, entertain the troops. And you're just going, well, this is, but it was stage time. It was the way that you um, got your time. And then thing, as things move along and people went, okay, we can see there's a market here for that. And then um, the club started opening up. Uh, the independence started uh, going and you almost had to uh, educate the population is to say, okay, this is what's going on in Canada. It's not something that's only happening in the United States. Yeah. So they started realizing they're going, hey, wait a minute, we had a lot of talent up here. And the beauty of it is, and as you were saying before, Dean, the market has opened up so much as far as independent producers. Uh, Joe, you're doing it on uh, online, is that now the world is starting to see, hey, wait a minute, this person's Canadian? I love that. I, I had no idea. They're just so quiet all the time. We didn't know they could actually be funny. And we knew it was happening here all the time. Now the world is starting to know it. It is true. And it kind of, I mean, we're always going to have that struggle in Canada in a way because we do have the states next door. I mean, Dave, you, of course, ping pong back and forth. You've made your living in, on both sides of the border. It feels like geography matters less now. And it is maybe more possible to stay at home and do do what you want. It, it kind of doesn't matter where you live as much anymore, right? I mean, I know comedians that are like just headliners and because their online views are high. So they just live in other cities. They don't have to live in L.A. or New York anymore. I mean, it, you know, people want to live in New York because you get so much stage time. And it's just it's like so good to you can build your act like so fast because you're doing five shows a night. And it's New York. It's super dope. And L.A., same thing. You, you're meeting other creatives, but I mean, you can live in like Chicago or Portland. You know, I really hope with like Shit's Creek winning all those Emmys and, and you know, and it feels like, you know, Netflix or Amazon is coming to Canada to build and they want to work with Canadian um, uh, content creators. I think there will be a, a time, I hope, that you don't even have to leave anymore with online and, 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 and TikTok and Instagram. I, think, I, I truly believe that's going to happen. You know what I mean? You'll just want to leave if you want to leave. Do you think after the last couple of years, too, because we were sort of forced to put things on pause, that the approach to comedy has changed? Because it is such a lifestyle job. You always have to be, you know, we're all hustling after the, a limited amount of things in this country. There's only X amount of festivals. There's X amount of networks. As much as sort of comics have taken over the industry, there are still certain things that everybody's all fighting to go after. But we always sort of glamorize the hustle in comedy in a way that, like, people would always count how many sets they did that week. And you have to be running around all over the city every night, hitting as many mics as possible. The last couple of years kind of forced comics into living a life off stage again and getting reacquainted with family and friends and who they are when they aren't on stage. I feel like for a lot of comics now returning to everything being back in full form, it kind of changed people's approach. It sort of forced this kind of perspective on comics where you almost have like this work-life balance do you guys think that that's going to change the way a lot of people approach comedy? You do have to sort of be at it 24-7, but you can kind of, it almost feels like comics realize they can be sort of more selective now and actually find more of a balance than I think we had before. 
Well, I think that the uh, the market is, you know, the way it's opening up and, and also becoming segmented. I mean, here's here's a fact that I've I've had the pleasure of working with Jordan before, but I didn't know Jordan you were producing your own shows. So now here's another connection. You go, okay, here's somebody. I wanted to work with uh, after watching him on stage. And now there's a chance there is a connection there. Um, I had a chance of meeting Dave uh, years ago and seeing how he developed that market. So we've all got these little niche markets and what uh, things are opening up now. And as you were saying, Dean, the fact of the matter is that we've had a chance to sit back and really get a look at the playing field and seeing uh, you know, where the shift is and what's happening. And, and it's, it's, it's made it uh, a lot more interesting as far as I'm concerned and uh, the way you're, you're booking your show and putting your show together. It is kind of true. I mean, it feels like before we were always just glamorizing that sort of, that's the whole lifestyle. That's the whole gig is just nothing but mics, nothing but stage time, nothing but comedy. A lot of you already, and I mean, Dave, of course, with this new special, a lot of you already talk about family background and your offstage life. Does this feel kind of like a writer's room almost what happened the last couple of years because you were sort of forced to get reacquainted with who you are offstage and family and friends and your own sort of roots does that bring sort of fresh material to things coming out of that? I'm yeah, it was almost like an acid trip the last like little bit. <laughs> you were, you're like, you know, what do I really want to do? And who am I really? And you look at your whole life and you're like, yeah, if I'm going back on that stage, I'm going to use every second of it. Whereas before you glamorize like, oh, I got on stage 15 times. But what did those 15 times mean? You know, like some, yeah. sometimes somebody gets on five times and they, they come up with 20 minutes versus your 15 and you have, maybe a three minutes and pre pandy in this city, it was very possible to do a hundred terrible sets in a week for sure. There's a lot of, there's a lot of minutes that you didn't really need to do. You don't need to be in the junction at two 30 in the morning doing five minutes to three other comics in the back of a bar that don't care. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's quality and versus quantity. And some of that didn't need to be there. It is sort of this raising of the forest that happened the last couple of years. Uh, we're gonna come back with more of our roundup panel. Lots more to get into. We'll be right back right here on Inside Jokes. Uh, this is Evan Carter and you can listen to me on my upcoming album. You speak so well and you are listening right now to Inside Jokes. Wow! Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto and of course streaming everywhere where there's the internet on Global News Online brought to you as always by our good friends at Hakeem Optical helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. It is the end of the month. It is another full roundup on the panel. Uh, we got a full cast of comics. One thing I want to ask you, and I mean, of course, Dave, you're an actor now. You have specials. You're a club comic. You, you have... Obviously, you're represented. You have an agent. You have a manager. We're in an age now where a lot of comics aren't necessarily going that route because you can sort of build things as an independent. Do you think representation, like obviously it means something different for everybody and what their career approach is, does feel like you could build your own audience, build your own brand and sort of go outside of that system a little bit? You could always you could have always built your like audience before that as well. I mean, now more than ever, but I do still think like I don't think there's really one 
one road like if you feel if it happens to you in the old-fashioned way then i i mean go with it but if it's if you're creating in this new space and you're building your audience then go with that but i mean you do still you know in the end you still do kind of maybe need an agent or a manager to broker deals you know what i mean because you don't want to be dealing with like you know in acting in a sense when you're trying to build a contract with somebody like you still want to be sent out and somebody look after you and especially a manager is so key because you don't have to you know, you can deal with your manager emotionally and then you can take that and put it in the right space as opposed to you screaming at some booker or some TV person. So I do think it's necessary now if you have to take the same avenue as like, you know, go to a club and an agent come see you. Now you can pop off on TikTok and Instagram and agents are, they're actually probably looking there more so than clubs because they want to know what your numbers are. So, yeah. It is kind of true. And I mean, for Montreal, I mean, that's always been, one of the huge things about that festival for comics it's yeah yes it's doing those shows of course but that a big part of that festival has always been about the behind the scenes it's been what agents what bookers what what industry people are going to see me on stage and who do i meet in the green room that's always been a huge part of that for comics yeah yeah i just can, can I touch on that gene like the dean so even with me so when you, you start getting to a point where to go back what Dave was saying, you don't even want to represent yourself because you don't want to look like the bad guy. You know, you're getting these phone right. calls and you also don't want to get, you don't want to get sucker punched in something that you're not really familiar with. You know, uh, I'm good with the comedy stuff, but somebody's approaching me for commercials and all this other good things. And all of a sudden I got to realize, Hey, maybe I'm getting screwed over here. So having an agent or having a management on your side is helpful. And, you know, being self-produced, and getting out there is putting me in front of so many different eyes to be like, hey, that guy's really popular. He's he's doing comedy shows now. He's doing big theater shows. Maybe he needs some representation. And it's really, really important. A guy like me who self-produces to have someone like that because I feel like a couple of times where I got screwed over, to be very honest with you. It is kind I of true. The business. A lot of stand-ups traditionally don't, you know, you're not there because you have business savvy. You're there because of your because the way your mind works you know so it is that side of things it is it is kind of true and being able to sort of open up those doors because in Canada it's very easy for some really talented people to end up becoming really good professional hobbyists for the rest of their life you know like there's a lot of really undiscovered gems in this country there's a lot of brilliant talent in this country we know about them because we work with them and we see them. There's a lot of people who haven't been exposed to that outside audience because of those factors that really should. And they're going to just spend 20 years grinding it out in mics. And it's like, like, man, these, some of these people are so brilliant and more people should know about them. Cause it is a business. People forget like you're given a small business as your comedy act and you do need both sides. You got to go and sell it. Like how many people have you seen? You're like, haven't been on any festivals, but are just killing every time they're on stage. And it's just because they don't know to apply to it. Like you do need both kind of mix of sales and the talent package, which is why, you know, only so many people kind of get to that Dave level or Evan or where angry Sicilian is where the audience wants you there. And then the people see that and are going to support your, your goal. Yeah. And self-producing your own shows, it can only go so far. You have to, when you do self-produce a show, it becomes a business. So, but you don't know the entire business. So, you know, the, the, the wheeling and dealing of winning, get, getting screwed over on commercials. I know how to produce a show at a theater and at a comedy club, but when it gets into, Hey, you know, you'd be great for a commercial. And then you miss out on royalty deals because you had no idea. 
right? It is a fine line too. I mean, Jordan, you know, producing your own independent shows in a, in a city like Toronto, especially now when we're coming into a time where there is some new clubs that have opened up and we're sort of done a reset on the landscape here and in, in the comedy scene, when you're booking your own independent shows, it's an opportunity to sort of put something new, put your own stamp on the comedy in this city. There's also kind of a responsibility there too, because if you do have those audience members that have never been to a show before, that's going to be their takeaway of what live comedy is. I mean, we've all met those people at, at shows that were like, Oh, I saw this open mic by accident one time. And it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And they think they walk away thinking that that's what live comedy is. And there's sort of that stigma on it. So it is a chance to sort of reset the scene and go, here's, I'm booking some talented comics that I think people should be exposed to. I'm doing like a well-produced, well-curated show. And I want this to be the takeaway for people. Sure. Because if you put together a bad show, I mean, that stink will stay on the audience, as you said, for a long, long time. And, and then you spend that time trying to say to them, no, listen, it's not always that come to this show. You won't have that. In, you, you know, you won't get that type of show that you saw before. And they're going, well, I don't know. And you just go, no, it, it, trust me. And that's the last thing you want to have to say to them. But uh, quite often, yeah, that, that stink of a bad show or a badly produced show, one that's supposed to start at eight o'clock and it doesn't get going until 830 and everything is just out of whack. Well, they remember that. Yeah. And it's three hours long and the host won't stop. Yeah. Yeah. And then people walk away going, I'm never, I'm not doing that again. And it's a good chance now because there are going to be new audience coming out to shows to sort of reset everything right now. It is a chance to sort of kickstart a bit of a new age in comedy in, in cities like Toronto. All right. We're going to come back and wrap it up with our roundup panel. There's a little bit more I want to get into, and then we're going to find out what everybody's got going on. Plug fest right here on inside jokes. Hey guys, this is Lou Siciliano Raggiato, actually rebranding myself as the Angry Sicilian. And you can catch me online uh, at uh, com. Inside jokes, baby! It is the end of another month in comedy, and that means it is, of course, the roundup. We got a full cast of comics taking apart everything happening in the world this month in comedy. Uh, we got Dave in Montreal, Evan, Jordan, and the Angry Sicilian all here in Toronto. One thing I think that's interesting, you know, we've been talking a lot on the panel today about how it is sort of this resetting comedy because we do have you know, after the last couple of years of people streaming things and listening to podcasts and checking out comedy, we're going to see some new audience members coming out to the festivals and coming out to the clubs and selling out shows that we haven't sort of seen before the last couple of years. Do you think in a way too, we're sort of doing a reset where we're going back to the roots of what comedy is? Do you feel like we're sort of going back to the way things used to be in a way where people want that again and they want comics to just do what they do without any pulling any punches? I think so, I guess. I never really, you know, I don't, I mean, maybe early on I would like preach a bit, I guess, but I was always not really like that. Like they still will laugh when you're preaching and stuff. They still want that. There should be, that should still be going on. I just think now maybe, yeah, they just want to have a good time. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to police anyone. You know what I mean? If you want to yeah. do, you should be able to do whatever you, you think 
is funny for yourself. So I, I do think it's opened up more for everything. And audiences are just happy to be out. Nothing matches that experience. I mean, you know, a lot of the stuff kind of felt like a placebo in a way the last couple of years, because there's nothing like sitting in that club when the lights go down and that feeling that anything can happen because no two sets are the same. I mean, you might have your polished hour, you might have your polished stuff from your new album, but what you're going to do in that set on that stage that night is completely supposed to be organic and in the moment. And you feel that energy in the room. And there really is nothing like that. It's like sitting in a movie theater, the lights go down and you really do just put the world on pause and get absorbed into that. And really, you know, all the platforms that comics have at their fingertips now, all the, you know, all the plates that you have to spin as a comedian, all these different projects, the game is the game, you know, being in that club, being in that theater space, nothing replaces that. It's almost like watching a movie. You go to watch a movie to escape reality. It's nice to not talk about what you hear in the news. It is true too. And I mean, that's the brilliant thing about it too, Joe, is that For your material, for example, you're talking about your background, you're talking about a lot of Italian Canadian stuff, but you make it so relatable to a wide audience. That's not my background. That's not what I grew up with, but it doesn't matter because when I'm watching your material, I completely know that world right away and I get pulled into it. And I think that's the beautiful thing about it is a live show. There's nothing quite like it because you're just in that moment and it's completely organic. Uh, All right. There's lots that we can get into all day but we do got to stop at some point i'm going to go around and figure out where we can watch everybody upcoming shows find you online all that good stuff dave i'll throw it to you first i know so you have this new special coming out where can we catch that where can we find all your stuff follow you online all the good stuff that special comes out july 29th this friday streaming only on crave in canada and you just look up dave m-e-r-h-e-j-e on all social media Excellent. Jordan, where can we catch your shows here in Toronto? Follow you online, all that stuff. Uh, you can follow me online at uh, Jordan, crazy last name, Paul Chico there, just my full name. So if you can spell it, God will give you the gift of being able to follow me. Um, and then <laughs> FOMOcomedy.net, you can find all our shows. We have uh, a monthly at Comedy Bar on the first Friday of every month, and then a weekly at 1185 Comedy, which was the old Nothing Fancy. Um, and at the end of August, we should have about five shows running. So lots of options. Lots of great people to see. When did that happen, by the way, that rebrand from Nothing Fancy? Because we've been talking about that that club for uh, quite a while on this show now. It's sort of become another linchpin in the scene here. It Ooh. has, yeah. So they moved to Kensington, I think about two weeks ago, made the like, grand opening there. And then the old club uh, is actually run by guys that used to do a lot of comedy. Dave would probably know uh, yep. that from the old days. And uh, now they're running in Marcello. <laughs> from the old days and uh, kind of making it like a, another watering hole. Cause it was like you said, it was a big part of coming back from the pandemic was that little bar and it gave people a lot of great stage time. So yeah. hopefully we can keep it going. It really had become another hot new sort of indie spot. Yeah. The old days, Dave, from <laughs> the lot. Yeah. Remember no kidding where they gave you like a thousand bucks to do 20 minutes. And then it's like, what's I channel though. Nobody knows what knew what it is. I mean, you know, it's part of growth, I guess, buddy. It is, but it was yeah. fun though. That was a great spot. Yeah. I love that spot. Uh, Evan Carter, where can we find you online? Upcoming dates, watch you live, all that good stuff, man. Uh, live, uh, Absolute Comedy in Toronto, August 2nd to 7th, and Absolute Comedy in Ottawa, August 9th to 14th. And then I will be out at the Okanagan Comedy Festival at the end of August. And I get to work with nice. my buddy Ali Hassan. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I've got a new album coming out called You Speak So Well, and that'll be coming out in September. So that's what's uh, 
going on with me. And you can get me at on Twitter at, at Evan Carter Comedy, no O in comedy, because when I was signing up, I misspelled it and didn't know how to replace it. So uh, that's why, uh, that's where you can find me. That might be the most honest plug that we've ever gotten. <laughs> Six and a half seasons of this show, actually. Vince, Vince handed me a card. That's why That's why I'm here. I can't believe that worked. I forgot we had those things. I've been using mine as coasters for the last seven years. That's great. One of them worked. There we go, Vince. We figured out Zoom and uh, our business cards work. It only took us almost seven seasons. And of course, well, last well, uh, I figured out Zoom and I figured out the business cards. Go well, you, that's, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I'm on them though, that's all. Uh, Joe, our good buddy, the angry Sicilian who actually never is really angry, at least not when he's on this show. Where can we find you <laughs> online? Upcoming shows. I know you got a festival coming up. Where can we follow you? Yeah, so uh, online, you can, good luck if you can try to spell it. It's Lu Siciliano Rajatu. Good luck with that. So Jordan's uh, nodding his head, but the rest of us yeah. about, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you can find you can find all my dates on there. I've actually decided to take all of August off to travel with the family for a bit, but then I hit the road with uh, Victi Potato. Uh, I'll be uh, in Montreal, uh, Toronto, a few dates in Toronto, and uh, I got a big festival coming up at the end of September. You can catch all the dates and information on uh, on my website and uh, Instagram and everything else. So beautiful. Everybody's got a uh, busy rest. Of the summer coming up and that's it's even montreal and jfl aside it's just so good to hear about all these festivals that are back in action all across canada tours that are happening again it's nice to see things fully properly back that is the end of the month that is the end of another roundup thank you to all of our comics dave evan jordan and joe the angry sicilian don't forget you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on global news online that is our show. We'll be back next week. This week's Comedy RX is Dave Mirage. Man, uh, I look like a hipster. And that's, I don't like it at all. It's not my fault, man. I just couldn't see, so I bought glasses. And then I got depressed, so I grew a beard. And now I look like a hipster. That's not fair at all. How did I get lumped with these people? This dude was like, man, you look like a hipster. And I'm like, no, I just hate myself inside. That's what it is. <laughs> I forgot I was Arabic. I don't know how I forgot I was Arabic. You know what I mean? You know, so you can't have this and be Arabic. It's trouble. You know, I don't know how I forgot, but I forgot big time. And I was in Alberta at a truck stop. Right, and I'm in an aisle, and then some guy goes, terrorist! And I'm like, where? Where is he? Let's get him. <laughs> There's two of us, bro. Let's get them right now. We could take this guy down. Then I realized I'm the terrorist. How did I become a terrorist that fast? You know, but terrorists, they're not going to come to Canada. They're not coming here, man. It's just we're too passive as people. We're just, you know, we're angry, but we're not really. We're like, I'm mad, and we just put it over here. We're like, I'm so angry. You're going to show it? No, it's going to be, you know, our flag should just be two dudes that are like, I don't know. That's what our flag should be. (laughs) 